This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for making this a part of your morning routines. It's very much appreciated. Uh, good morning those joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, let's say good morning to those that have joined in live. Uh, although I think StreamYard has mugged people off here, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm going to have to hop over to YouTube and see who got in there first. Uh, indeed, we've got Black Shine, we've got Lynn, we've got uh, Martin, Aguna Boy, we've got Gregory. Well, even even YouTube is starting to now cut off the, the early joiners. So many people joining in, leaving so many comments before the show even starts that... Uh, uh, unfortunately, we're seeing some comments cut off, but that's an amazing amount of people that we see joining us every morning these days. So good morning. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. I hope that you've had a great weekend and I hope you're ready for a brand new week. More transfer news. The weekend is usually quite quieter. Um, reason being is, of course, during the off-season, people do take breaks. You may be surprised to learn that, but you know, people at clubs that are involved in negotiations do take breaks. And not only that, but we see the international games going on, which obviously slows down the process uh, somewhat as well. But uh, with the week beginning anew today, uh, it being Monday, of course, we're expecting hopefully this week to bear some positive news on the Arsenal transfer front. And we've got plenty to talk about in today's show as well, both with incomings and outgoing. So without further ado, let's crack on. Do make sure you've dropped a like on the video and subscribe to the channel as well if you haven't done so already. Uh, first of all, Balogun scoring as the US won 2-0 in the CONCACAF Nations League final. He's played, what, two games and he's already won a trophy uh, in his cabinet with uh, Matt Turner and Austin Trusty, of course, uh, also involved uh, in the US men's national team. Great achievement, of course, for them. Um, and it was a fantastic goal that Balogun scored, um, getting on the end of a pass from Gio Reyna and uh, finishing absolutely fantastically well. Every time I watch Balogun play, it's almost like I'm starting to have to rethink, reconsider, and it's almost like if this guy is scoring at this kind of rate and uh, you know playing so well, 
can Arsenal really afford to to let him leave? Can Arsenal really afford to allow a risk of, of a letting him go for like £35 million or so, which is probably around the figure they would get, and watch him go and absolutely smash it elsewhere? Um, it's a question that Mikel Arteta needs to answer. And they need to be looking at, obviously, him in pre-season. We don't know when a resolution of, of his future will come. We don't know if there's an offer been made at this point by any teams. But there's lots of teams interested, you know, from... Inter to RB Leipzig to Crystal Palace to, to other sides. There's plenty of sides that are very interested in him. Um, but uh, I am intrigued to see what ends up happening. And if Arsenal, and who knows, maybe Arteta will change his mind. Maybe Balogun will change his mind. Because to be honest, it's not, more, it's not I don't think, about the club. I think it's more so about Balogun. And, you know, we have to convince him that you're going to have to be in competition with Gabriel Jesus. But if you play well and you score and you're doing what you do, you can continue to play. You think about Emil Smith-Rowe. You think about Gabriel Martinelli. You know, those two have shared that left-wing role. And Martinelli has been the better player in the recent year and has taken over that position despite Arsenal giving Emil Smith-Rowe a brand-new contract, you know? So, it's. I feel as though that Arteta does tend to reward the players that are in form, you know, maybe even to a fault sometimes. So, if Balogun can get into some good form, can some play fantastically well, take his chances... I'm sure that he would get those minutes, but it's it's also the fact that Eddie Nketiah is still at the club and that dynamic is, I think, creating a few barriers. Moving forward, an unfortunate medical situation with Fabio Vieira means that he will not play at the under-21s Euro tournament this summer. It's an unspecified problem, so I'd encourage people not to speculate about what the issue is at this stage. Um, but the facts of the matter are is that we it's been reported out there in Portugal that... Fabio Vieira will not be part of the under-21 squad taking part of this summer's tournament. The player had been going through some um, kind of post-season uh, drills with the club to get him fit and ready, um, but apparently the Portuguese youth side have decided not to take a risk on Fabio Vieira and he will not indeed play in the tournament. Uh, we'll hope for an update on Fabio Vieira's health and and hope everything's okay. Um, but as I say, it's just not worth speculating on things like this. Um, but we hope everything is is all good and well. Now, Mikel Arteta, apparently according to Chilean outlets, uh, has turned down a request from Alexis Sanchez. I know this story popped up a few days ago, but it's again cropped up again, and I wanted to include it in today's stories. Um, but yeah, apparently Arteta returned down a request from Alexis Sanchez to return to Arsenal. Now, Alexis had a very decent season um, with Marseille last year and uh, is open to a potential move and seemed keen on a return to Arsenal. Last year, he got 14 goals and three assists, playing in 35 league appearances. So more league goals, of course, than, than Gabriel Jesus. He did play more games, of course, but uh, it's a, it was a good record. He finished the season with 18 goals in 44 matches. Um, but Arteta turning down the uh, the approach, apparently, from Alexis. And I agree with Omar in the chat. I think he regrets his decision to leave Arsenal. We heard from him uh, in an interview after he left Man United that he basically regretted leaving Arsenal almost the moment that he did. Uh, he took that first training session at Manchester United and apparently rang back to Arsenal and called to see if he could come back. Well, we will make our choices and uh, we have to live with them. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem that that decision was the right one for Alexis. But he had a very good season last year and I hope that he goes on to do good things next season wherever he indeed does end up. Now, Kai Havertz and the talks between Arsenal and Kai Havertz and Chelsea continue to move 
Um, they are uh, in a positive situation. Sam Dean has reported that indeed uh, talks have progressed quickly uh, for Kai Havertz and that we hopefully will see uh, some improvements in this deal. We hopefully might see some movement in this deal very soon. Um, he has told Chelsea that he wants to move to Arsenal, according to Fabrizio Romano, and that these talks are, are going on. As we know, Arsenal have already had one bid rejected at around £55 million, and there's an expectation that maybe at £60 million the deal can get done, um, in which case we will see how that plays out. As I've said a number of times on the channel, I think those are people that are ruling out this, that have just dismissed at this point already. I think you're brave. I commend your braveness, but I just hope that you're going to show the same energy if he ends up proving you wrong, and I look forward to hopefully seeing him do that because we want him to succeed, of course, if he is indeed to move to Arsenal. Now, yesterday we saw reports um, that there is a concrete chance, according to Fabrizio Romano, that Saudi interest in Thomas Partey could, you know, well, he reported there's a concrete chance he could leave. And then we saw reports from Saudi Arabia claiming that there is interest from the region in Thomas Partey and that he could indeed leave the club during this summer transfer window. It's an interesting one. Um, at the start of the transfer window, I discussed how I thought this whole window was always going to be about replacing, uh, sorry, reinforcing the squad with the existing quality players that we have. And I include Thomas Partey in that. Um, but I kind of look at the, I kind of look at the situation and think, well, if he goes, surely we're looking at three midfielders and not including Havertz that need to be brought into the Arsenal squad this summer. You know, obviously we've made a, a bid for Rice and we're pushing for the Rice deal. There's no updates on that, by the way, unfortunately, today. Um, and the the Ilkay Gundogan situation, obviously we've made an offer to Ilkay Gundogan in terms of signing him on a free contract. And of course, there's other targets as well, one we'll talk about in a second. But it's, it's almost as if the, the, the Partey exit alongside Granit Xhaka it's kind of an, a midfield overhaul that I didn't really expect to take place. I thought that we would strengthen significantly, invest significantly in the midfield, but I did not think there would be, as Reese says here in the chat box, a bit of a hit in the, the reset button for the midfield. But with both Xhaka and Partey, you know, into their thirties, aging somewhat, um, maybe we are looking to to overhaul things significantly this summer. And I, I do get, you know, why we might want to do that, but I did kind of want to see one of Partey or Xhaka at least stay, one of those two stay, and us reinforce and know that we've got good depth this season. Obviously, we do have Jorginho at the club still, and Jorginho maybe is quickly overlooked sometimes. He actually replaced Partey at the end of last season in a number of games, and Arteta seemed to trust Arteta, sorry, Arteta seemed to trust Jorginho more uh, toward the end of the season than Partey after his form dipped off quite significantly. And also Partey's injury issues, of course, have plagued his time at the club too. So there are a number of reasons that maybe this is what is going on, but uh, we'll keep you up to date if there are any developments. And of course, with the way that Chelsea are making significant money from selling players, it seems, to the Saudi Arabian area and the clubs there, maybe Arsenal can benefit off that as well and make uh, a significant fee for the Ghanaian international. Now, our last story of the day is indeed the talks are ongoing, uh, according to Fabrizio Romano, for Romeo Lavia, the uh, Belgian international and Southampton midfielder, 19-year-old, very exciting player, seen as a potential cheaper alternative to Moises Caicedo. Um, 
it seems that Arsenal's you know interest in Caicedo has, has withered to a point where they're just not feeling it financially and they don't think that that deal is worth doing. And so Lavia looks to be a, a potential alternative that is significantly cheaper, potentially available for half the price of Caicedo, two years younger than Caicedo and impressing uh, in the Premier League, you know, been in the Premier League level around the same period of time as Caicedo as well. Um, so Lavia seen as, as a real alternative. I'm going to try and bring you a tactical breakdown on him at some point, I want to make sure that I get the right expert insight for you on this um, so that we have the best kind of information around who he is, what he would bring and all of that good stuff. But if you want to hear more discussion about the midfield side of things and the overhaul of the midfield, yesterday, myself and Mike from the Gunas pod sat down and we had a whole hour long chat about the midfields, about Lavia, about Rice, about um, Partey's potential exit, about the impact of Saudi Arabian clubs on um the exits that we might see from the Premier League. Um, we talked about Moses Caicedo. We talked about OK Gundogan. Kai Havertz popped up in conversation as well. And we talked about a lot of things in that regard. So I would encourage you to go and check that one out if you haven't done so already. Even if it's just, as Matt G says, to see the unicorn in the background. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go and watch the show and then you'll have an idea indeed what uh, we were discussing. But uh, that brings us to an end of part one. So we're going to move to part two and your questions right after this. Right then, uh, let's jump into the chat box, shall we, and see uh, what you guys have got to say on the topics that we are indeed discussing. Uh, let's go to Balaj. says, Tom, yesterday a £55 million deal was agreed for a player who only had one year remaining on his contract at Wolves. Do you think this is a fair valuation of the player considering his age and contract? My argument would be no. That said, obviously, the Wolves have, have kind of exploited, if you like, the financial capacity of the Saudi Arabian sides and have negotiated themselves a very good, I think it's 47 million pounds, 55 million euros deal for Ruben Neves. I, uh, it's, it's one of those things. I remember when we were, I don't know if it was all the way, I don't remember when Oscar moved to China. Let me have a quick check. Moves to, was it Shanghai or Beijing? Um, it was, let me find it. Why? All I'm getting is why did Oscar move to China? I need when. Uh, Oscar star, I know regrets about leaving for Chelsea. Just give me the information. <laughs> I saw that. Shanghai SIPG was the team he moved for. And that was in uh, 20, it's still not telling me. Well, I don't know why I can't just get the information I want. Oscar, let me find his Wikipedia page. That'll tell. I'm sure that you people are ty typing frantically into the chat box when it was. It was 2017. So we would thank you in the chat box, by the way. Um, we were doing the show, you know, I've been doing the show for about a year. Because uh, I took over TGT in 2016, and I remember doing shows talking about how Arsenal could exploit the fact that Chinese clubs suddenly had lots of money, and there was a big push from the Chinese government to kind of improve their footballing infrastructure. That's obviously really fallen away uh, in recent recent years, and uh, now the Saudi Arabian clubs are looking to be the next kind of big thing. It seems, and uh, they want to obviously bring in. There's a big, much bigger push as well. It seems to, to try and improve the league. Cristiano Ronaldo coming in, Karim Benzema and Gola Kante now. Ruben Neves, okay, Gundogan is being targeted as well. And if Thomas Partey is to be joining them, 
it's a big, big push, a more significant push, it seems. And maybe one with the money that's there that they, they can kind of sustain as well. So it's difficult to know. It's difficult to kind of even kind of come to a, a, a consistent view on what a player's value it if they're moving over there. I've seen links that Koulibaly could make back the 30 million that Chelsea paid Napoli for him. I know they're looking at potentially Ziyech and, and Mendy as well moving there. And obviously, the, I think there's a Saudi investment into one of Todd Bowley's companies, potentially. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that, but uh, it, you can kind of see the connection starting to form. So I am intrigued about how this will affect things. Um and obviously, how many years down the line we will have to wait and see until Saudi Arabia kind of rivals things. Well, let's who knows whether a club World Cup that FIFA want to kind of expand beyond what the competition is to that we know it right now, and that will certainly begin to change things. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Um, let's go to Tom says if we sell Partey, could we hope that Arteta convinces Xhaka to stay one last season? It feels crazy to remove two-thirds of the midfield that made us title contenders. And I think, Tommy, that it's a fair concern. And I I have shared this concern. I don't know what it's going to mean for Arsenal next season if we lose two of the three players that were a big part of that midfield. So I don't know is the answer. Um, I, I just hope that we get in the substantial amount of quality and numbers that we'll need to cope with those exits. Uh, Maletti says with all due respect we don't seem to have a solid transfer plan if the likes of Lavia who just give me Lukonga vibes really uh, are lined up for a window where we are likely to only sign three or four players uh, I mean with all due respect to you Maletti I don't agree I think you know Arsenal have planned things for quite some time regarding the targets they want to go for Lavia the comparison from Lavia to Lukonga I don't think makes any sense Lukonga was playing for Anderlecht in Belgium whereas Lavia's got a full season under his belt um, with Southampton, the Premier League, and stood out in that side. And not only that, but obviously then overtook Lukonga um, and is now uh, you know, a regular call-up to the Belgian national side. So I don't, with respect, I don't agree. Uh, Joe says, Tom, there is a Sky Sports video with the German journalist mentioning Kai Havertz has moved to Arsenal for 80 million and add-ons. If that's the price, why would we say no? Are you able to confirm this? No, I've not seen that anywhere. <laughs> 80 million seems ridiculously low. Maybe he's talking about potential installments, but I... As far as I'm aware, the deal is going to be, you know, upwards of 55, 60 kind of million pounds for, for Havertz. So that's, we'll have to wait and see on confirmation. But it seems, I've never seen that. I never heard that, I'm afraid. Uh, Delts, thank you so much for becoming a brand new member or potentially continuing your membership. I can't quite remember. Um, but thank you for the continued support on the channel as always. Um, Stephen says, new TGT subscriber here in LA. Uh, thanks for the great content. Thank you for tuning in and very much appreciate your viewership uh, with the focus on midfield are you concerned we're not beefing up our defense if we're going to compete in the Premier League and the Champions League I'm not concerned yet Stephen no because obviously there's a lot of the window you know still left we are five days into it at this moment in time so Arsenal's priorities are kind of sorting out the midfield and obviously this Kai Havertz deal has taken a bit of priority once these sagas are hopefully sorted and you know hopefully we see a kind of a resolution maybe in the next week um, or so, uh, then I imagine that the, the the attention will more draw towards the fullback areas, the defensive areas. We absolutely need to strengthen those areas. So let's wait and see. Josh says, is Rob holding, leaving? or well, the club are open 
um, to, for him to leave. If there's, you know, an offer from a club to, to sign him, the club are open to allowing him to leave. So we'll have to wait and see uh, if that happens. But certainly the club are open to that. So there you go. Um, yeah, I have to agree with Charlie on the Lakonga comparison to Lavia. Lavia was brilliant when he played uh, for Southampton against us. And I absolutely recommend going and watching that game as a as a reference point. Um, Chun Ho says, uh, with Chelsea getting money from some of their players uh, selling to the Saudi Arabian sides, do you still think that we can get Havertz on the cheap? No, I don't. They've already rejected re- rejected rejected fifty five million. So no, I I don't see uh, us getting um, a cheap deal for Havertz at all. Cheaper than what they want, which is about seventy to seventy five million. But uh, no, I don't think it's going to be relatively cheap. That said, apparently the club internally see this as kind of a a must a must do, like a, a cannot miss opportunity to sign Havertz at this stage of his career at this price. So they look that's why they're very keen on the idea. So yeah, we'll have to be in, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Luke says thoughts on Amadou Anana. Could you see him link with us? Really physical, imposing, and play really well against us. So I'm more inclined to see him at Arsenal than Lavia. I'm not surprised. You know, he's probably more what I would say is developed than, than Lavia is. Um, I'm just not sure. Sh- the Anana side, I think, I'm just not sure about the technical side, the, the the ability on the ball. Yes, he's very physical. Yes, he's good at defending. Yes, he's, he's a decent passer. I'm just not sure on the technical side if he fits what Arteta is looking for, whereas Lavia certainly on the ball is really good and I would say better than Anana in that regard. And I think Arteta is looking for better players on the ball and I think Lavia is that more so than, than what Anana is. Uh, Marcus says, realistically, what midfielders do we go for? Uh, if Partey and Xhaka go, do we look for someone like Everton's Anana? Um, I think the realistic, obviously, midfielders you're looking at right now are Rice, Lavia, and it seems Gundogan at the moment until he makes a decision is the third. But uh, maybe that will switch to an Anana or somebody else if indeed one of those three doesn't end up happening. Um, Delt says, I was gratefully gifted a membership once. I've been watching for roughly three years. Just wanted to say thanks. Well, Delt, thank you so much. I do remember when uh, uh, we saw those, uh, a raft of gifted memberships. That was great. <laughs> it was always great to see. And it doesn't actually show me in StreamYard when that happened. So everyone was going mad in the chat box. And I remember having to jump over to the YouTube to see what had happened. And uh, I think, was it Francois that... Um, gifted like loads of memberships over the Christmas period. That was great. I really enjoyed uh, seeing that. It was fantastic. Very generous indeed. And Neil says, Tom, Chelsea paid 80 million euros for Havertz. I can't see us giving them their money back for someone who's not really been a success. I think we're looking to try and get him for obviously below what Chelsea paid. But uh, his value, you know, if you think about the fact that he's still, you know, 24, scoring a goal in a Champions League final, there's a lot of question marks about him. You know, he's, he's not obviously, I don't think, fulfilled his potential. But with the length of contract he's still got left there as well, I think at least two, maybe three years remaining on his deal, you're not going to see a massive drop in what his monetary value would be. So the 50 to 60 million pounds, you know, what Arsenal could end up paying for him is probably about what his market value would be. I, I think it's a huge risk, and I have said that, you know, n- numerous times. Uh, and it will be certainly on Arteta uh, regarding... Um, you know, it would be on Arteta uh, if it fails because he's the one that's clearly pushing for it. So that's what we have to think about. Um, November's very own says, hey, Tom, may I ask what records are on your wall? You you absolutely may. Um, up there is uh, Spread Love by Makoto, which is a very, very fantastic hospital records classic remade. You've got Motions of Change, which again is Makoto up top. Uh, that is a Forza Horizon 5. 
hospital records, um, radio thing. It's like, let me find out what I've got there. I think I do. Yeah, there you go. So the Forza Horizon 5 kind of hospital radio all on vinyl. Uh, that's Foles and um, A Life Is Yours. Uh, that's the album I was looking for, which was one of the songs on my wedding day uh, in vinyl as well. And then that one is Everything Not Lost Will Be Saved, uh, which was the uh, 2021 Part 2, Part 1 album. So there you go. That's uh, that's all of the <laughs> all of the records uh, that are behind me. But there's, I've got like a ridiculous number recently got sub focus's new album as well which is this one which is quite cool because it changes signed as well sub focus so you gotta appreciate that so yeah very much into the uh into the vinyl stuff uh, recently as well uh phil says hey tom just wanted to say enjoy your trip to copenhagen i'm not that far from there so we may bump into each other at some point who knows but the weather has been hot so be prepared yeah it's been very hot here as well um i'm going to be heading to copenhagen next week uh, i think it's next week uh yes 28th to the 30th i'll be in copenhagen very much looking forward to a couple of days away i am still going to try to bring you the show no promises but uh I am going to try and bring you um, the show. I'm only there for, you know, uh, one full day. I'm traveling on the Wednesday, coming back on the Friday. So it's only a short trip. My other half is out there for a conference for a week, and then I'm going out there to meet up with her at the end. So it should be a good trip, though. And, uh, yeah, I'm still aiming to bring you content while I'm out there. Don't you worry. Uh, I look forward to it. Uh, Kunyal says, any news on outgoings? Well, not loads, to be honest. Obviously, we've discussed Partey today, and Xhaka, we know, is of interested by Leverkusen and we expect that deal to go through once Arsenal secured their replacements uh, in midfield but um, I think that I think the issue that Arsenal have right now is that the the players that we have so I think Rob Holding, Nicola Pepe, Sambi Lekonga, um, Alex Runison. I have to remind myself of some of the players actually there's so many many of them that we could end up moving on this season uh carl hein uh we've got who else have we got um there's actually not as many more as i thought uh because reese nelson's staying now eddie and ketty of course following balligan cedric uh arthur aconqua austin trusty nuno tavares um these players like if you think about their profiles they're not going to be priorities for people you know, they're not going to be priority targets for clubs to try and sign. These are the types of players, unfortunately, it's a it's a kind of state of the affair with Arsenal. These are the types of players that are sold towards the end of the window when clubs have missed out on the players that they wanted and they still need to bring in the depth. Um, so they need to... They, Arsenal are going to probably have to be patient in selling some of those players because... They're the types of players that will leave towards the end of the window when opportunities and clubs are rushing and panicking to get in players or they've lost a player and they need a replacement. You know, they're the types of players that are going to move towards the end. So I would I'd say to people and I would encourage you to to kind of hold off on expecting big movement in terms of outgoings at the start of the window in those in the players that I've mentioned, because I think that um I think we're more likely to see those players move on in late July, August time than June, early July time. But I could be wrong, but that's what I would imagine is going to happen. Uh, the Walking Man says, what's happening with Charlie Patino? Um, the expectation is that he would still move. I did reach out to somebody close to the player last week and they did say there was no update at this stage. So I'm, 
unless unless things are being kept very quiet. I've not there's been any update or change on that situation. It's the same that there's an intention, there's a as an openness from Arsenal to allow him to leave. There's obviously Arsenal would be keen to to tie him down to a buyback clause if he was to move on. Um, but there's no update on Patino at the moment. Um, but I did try and chase a line up on that, but there's been no there's been no change in that situation yet, uh, as I say, unless things are being kept very quiet. Uh, Mohanad uh, says, uh, do you think uh, we need a captain figure rather than with skill? Because we've got plenty of skill. I think we've got loads of captain figures, Mohanad, to be honest. Um, I think Ramsdale, I think Ben White, I think uh, Gabriel, I think Odegaard's, obviously Xhaka when he was here as well. I think Gabriel Jesus, Zinchenko. I think we've got loads of, of leadership figures, to be honest, in the team. Uh, lots of candidates that are part of that. And Declan Rice, captain of West Ham, bringing him in, future England captain for me, obviously is a really big uh, addition as well. So I think we have got lots of um, leadership figures actually in the sides. And um, skill can be also combined with leadership. You know, they're not exclusive to one another. Um, they are... You know, you can have both. So uh, I don't think it's a case of one or the other. Uh, Paul says, Tom, uh, it's reported that TNE might be staying. Well, at the moment, there's no concrete links with a, a move outside of the club. Yes, we know of interest from clubs like Aston Villa and Newcastle, but Newcastle were more recently linked with Mark Correa. There's no guarantees that he leaves. And that's fine. You know, if he doesn't go, that's absolutely fine. What I would say is that the issue Arsenal have is that this is probably the window they get the most money for him. If they don't send him in this window, I'd don't know how much money you're going to be able to get for him next summer when he has one year left on his deal. I don't know if you're going to be able to convince him to sign a new contract. So if they are going to sell him, if he is going to go in the next couple of years, you're better off selling him, I think, now because you're going to get the most money for him. But if he does stay, then you've got a very good alternative to, to Zinchenko uh, still at the club. So it's there is an element of win-win, I suppose, you know, about that. Tim says, can we have a tactical breakdown, a comparison of Nketiah and Balogun? Um, we could. I mean, I don't know... I think it would show you the fairly obvious stats that Balogun has done better, but it's difficult because the context of playing in Liga, like swap the players around. If Balogun was the number two at Arsenal this season and Enketi was playing in Rons this season, I don't know how much of a difference we would see. It's impossible to know, um, but I, I don't know if there'd be too much of a difference in the goal output if Enketi was playing in France because he is a goal scorer. You know, when he starts regularly, he does get goals. Um, and if Balogun was was here and playing as understudy to to Jesus, would we have seen that much difference in the goal scoring? I don't know, but uh, it's what's difficult when you compare players outside of leagues because the context is always so so different. Statistical comparisons, you know, do have their benefits, but there are also a lot of contextual restrictions on statistical comparisons between players. So there you go. Uh, Tierney's apparently contracted to 2026. So there you go. It's three years. So we'll have two years next summer. Um, so still a relatively a good, strong position for Arsenal to be in. So I suppose they've still got a good um, chance of getting good money for him next season. But uh Let's let's see what happens. Uh, time will tell um, on, on Tierney's future. But uh, I hope that if he moves on, we get a good fee. And if he doesn't, then he bef he's, he's a very good asset for the team into next season as well. Elliot says, hey, Tom, do you trust our ta talent ID to take a risk and bring in Kai Havertz? Martin Odegaard, Ben White, uh, Gabriel Magalhaes, Gabriel Jesus, Alexander Zinchenko. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do trust Arteta's talent ID. Absolutely. Of course I do. Um, Darren says, Tom, how about Arsenal going after Liverpool's targets, Kony and Turam? 
They seem to be potentially good midfield targets. Yes, the, obviously the, the question mark with those players is they haven't played in England. And, you know, if you're buying players outside of the Premier League, there's always an associated risk with a player like that that's greater than that of a player that's already in the Premier League. And I think that the big thing that... Arteta has changed about Arsenal's kind of recruitment process is that he switched from Arsenal under Arsene Wenger where we looked at a lot of players outside of, of England because financially it was better for us to do that and instead what we're seeing is more players being targeted from within the Premier League and I think from that perspective we are looking ultimately at Arsenal moving in a direction of trying to sign Premier League ready players and that has subsequently seen Arsenal push forwards and push upwards in the table. Uh, the Emirates favourite says, Tom, why are you only naming the ones that Arteta's got right? I think for me, as I've talked about on the channel a number of times, you have to talk about the the investments. You have to talk about the investments. Yes, we can talk about the Williams, the Runnisons, the Pablo Maries, the Cedrics of this world. But if you compare the investment that's been made on players, and I've talked about this a number of times, so sorry for repeating myself for people that moan about me doing so, but the, the William was a free, Cedric was a free, Marie was like eight million quid, Runison was two million quid. Uh, Fabio Vieira was the significant kind of question mark at the moment at 34 million pounds. But Ben White at 50 million, Gabriel at 25 million ish, um, Zinchenko at 30, Erdegaard at 32, Gabriel Jesus at 45, you know, the Tommy Asu at, at around 20. Uh, Lukonga and Tavares, of course, lower figures, 15 and uh, and 7, respectively. When we've made investments, you know, big investments on players, um, we've seen success, real success with those players. And it's the players that we haven't invested big money in, nine times out of 10, Fabio Vio being the exception, where things have not necessarily gone as well. So when it comes to Arsenal investing bigger money into players, you, we've got a lot more hits than misses. So... Uh, and we've seen Arsenal move in a direction forwards. We've gone from 11th when Arteta took us over to a title race that no one expected last season. So I was naming the ones that Arteta got right because I was talking in the sense of the bigger investments that we've made, which of course Kai Havertz would of course fall into that category and we would hope that. But I've also, and you have to be magnanimous in this, and admit that I've also sat here and said a number of times that he's a risk. Kai Havertz is a really big risk. Um, and if I, if, we, if it doesn't go well... Arteta's got to take the fall from that. It's got to take the fall for it. Justice says, Tom, will you go on a date with Arteta? Oh, you know, that'd be great. It'd be great to just sit down, have a chat, glass of wine. We know Arteta likes his wine. You know, you remember the, the old meme? It'd be great. Um, but, you know, I've, I've sat down and spoken with Arteta a number of times already in press conferences, and uh, he's quite cold. You know, he's quite cold with questions. So uh, I'm not sure he'd be the most... Um, giving in a date scenario um i think i'd be doing a lot more of the talking um but uh justice um i hope that you're good and well my friends and i uh, hope that you're happy uh in this world uh Melissa says aren't you concerned about declan's low demands at west ham united who don't play pressing nor attacking football and largely sit back to defend might struggle in that demanding lone six right possessing arsenal Again, I do highlight people to go and watch how Declan Rice plays in the England national side. He's been a big part of obviously going to get into that European final, uh, you know, progressing through the World Cup stages in the last tournament as well. You know, when he plays in that England team, I think he he shines. I think he really impresses. So, yes, he's playing under a West Ham side that are very different to Arsenal and he's going to have to learn some things uh, coming into Arsenal. Sure. But I'm sorry, but the, 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 the impressive defensive nature of his game, you know, I did a piece recently about it and I'll happily 
happily quote you some of the statistics surrounding um yeah, surrounding Declan Rice, but they are very impressive indeed. Uh, I'm seeing if I can find it here. It is. And let me find it. So he played the uh, 10th, uh, 17th highest uh, number of minutes of any player in the Premier League. Only 16 players played more minutes than him. Reliable. In terms of interceptions, he had the highest number of interceptions of any player in the entirety of the Premier League. Any player at all. 63. The highest after that was Moises Caicedo, Adrisa Gay and Chait Decore, who had 56. In terms of tackling uh, dribblers, he sits with a 62% success rate, which is in the 96th percentile of midfielders in Europe's top five leagues. And it doesn't end there because Rice only lost 0.52 challenges per 90, which means, again, he ranked in the 96th percentile for challenges lost, which means he barely ever lost a challenge. Uh, And lastly, in the defensive side of things, um, and probably his most standout of all, Rice's ball recoveries of 9.18 per 90. I'm going to say that one more time for those at the back. 9.18 per 90 is in the 99th percentile of not just players in his position in the Premier League, but in players in his position across the top five leagues in the world. So, you know, and then we look at his passing. Um, you look at some of those statistics. The end of the season, having made the 10th most passes of any Premier League player at 2083, and only one Arsenal player managed to get more than that, which was Gabriel Magalhaes, a defender. You know, so and West Ham, you know, you think about possession, possession stats at West Ham, it's not the same as Arsenal. So to, to clock in with that many uh, that many passes in a season is great. And then in terms of his pass variety as well, over medium and long distances, he ranks really well. For long passes, he has 6.13 per 90, which is ranked as the 83rd percentile according to FB Ref. But also then in medium um, pass distances between those, uh, between 15 and 30 yard passes, uh, 93.2% accuracy, uh, which is in the 95th percentile. And he managed 20.21 of those medium passes per 90 as well. So he's going to add passing variation to Arsenal as well. Should we be successful in Red Smoke? Thank you for your donation. Tom, do you reckon Arsenal will land rice? I'm very optimistic. You know, I'm very optimistic about this, but you can never, ever say never. <laughs> so as Matt G says, so you're saying he's pretty decent. That is exactly what I am saying on that. So, yes, indeed. Um, let's go to um, Robert says, uh, ones Arteta's got wrong, minus the ones Raul Senye invested in. Um, is Tavares, Lukonga and Vieira. Vieira scored against Brentford 30 yards. Do we think that we're being a bit harsh? I think with Vieira, of course, we still need to see more. I've got a two-season rule. You know, two seasons is what you get at Arsenal these days. One season I allow for transition. Second season, you have to be a success, otherwise you're gone. Like You have to be ruthless with the squad at the end of the day. And if Fabio Vieira doesn't do it for us this season, you know, depending on a lot of factors, then we need to be looking at moving him on. Uh, Pablo uh, Mira, Pablo, good to see you in the chat, my friend. Uh, Tom, do you think Rice and Lavia is an improvement on Partey and Xhaka's partnership? Maybe not immediately, because uh, obviously Lavia is a player that, you know, there's, he's 19. There's a lot of question marks about him. And Partey and Xhaka are very established. Rice, for me, is an upgrade on both of those players. I think Rice will add so much quality. I think people underestimate Rice. I think people calling him overrated don't and haven't watched him enough, personally. Um, I think that his consistency is, is much better than Partey's. And I think that what he will bring, you know, his reliability in terms of availability and at that performance level across a whole season is higher than that of Partey. But Partey's 
kind of max level has been higher than that. So when Partey's been playing at his best, he probably shines a bit more than what Rice does because Rice is still at 24, got a lot more improving to do. Xhaka has been brilliant. The expectation that someone can come in and do what Xhaka did last season is going to be tough. But also we might be changing the structure of that midfield three. We might see Havertz and Odegaard play as hybrid 8-10, similar to how Havertz played at Bayer Leverkusen. You know, we might see something different. We might see Arsenal bring in another midfielder that, like, we've made an offer for Ilkay Gundogan. Could it be him that comes in? So would Gundogan and Rice be an upgrade on Partey and Xhaka? For me, I think potentially. So, yeah, there's there's obviously question marks, but we're going to have to wait and see. Time will tell. Um, let's go to... Charlie says, football is in your face. Corruption now. Uh, what's happening with Chelsea United takeover is just a joke, of course. I'm just hoping that if there's anything that goes on in the world of football that, that needs to be looked at, that it is. But we have seen time and time again, if you haven't seen the FIFA documentary, I recommend you going and doing that. It's unfortunately becoming a fabric of the sport, which it shouldn't be. Um, and I'm, we, we've just got to hope that things are maintained as best as we can. Um, boss says, hi, Tom. If you have that rule for Vieira, does that mean that if Smith Rowe doesn't shine next season, he has to be gone? I think, I said in terms of new signings, to be fair, is what I said. Two-season rule for new signings. Smith-Rowe is a difficult one. Um, it's, tr- it's made trickier by the the injury he suffered this season. It wasn't like he was signed, you know. He signed a new contract, but then had significant surgery, which ruined half of his season and then effectively ruined the end of the season as well because he just couldn't get into match fitness because he wasn't playing enough games and we didn't have enough games to give him. He missed those Europa League group stage games. So no, boss, my theory is very much for new signings uh, more than it is for the existing kind of talent coming through. It's very different how you manage certain players. Um, Let's go to Yunks, uh, Yunzu, uh, Zung, maybe. Uh, sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Uh, thoughts on Tommy Asu's future? Do you think that we should be selling because of the injuries? No, I don't. I don't think there's any need to sell Tommy Asu. Yes, the injuries are frustrating. Yes, he's had a significant number of them. The, the knee injury that he suffered recently, that's not like an injury-prone thing. You know, a knee ligament rupture is, is often through a really unfortunate turn of the body, a slip, um, you know, a bad challenge. It's it's really unlucky. It's not like an injury-prone player gets that injury uh, if they've never had that type of, of problem before. So I have sympathy for the guy, but no, I wouldn't be getting rid of him anyway. He's not going to be, I don't think he's going to be available until maybe even the window is closed. So we're not going to move him on this summer at least. Um, I like Tommy Asu. I think he adds great depth. I think he's shown. I think people are quick to forget some of the performances that he's put in. I think about the Liverpool home game this season uh, where he absolutely locked down that left-hand side against Salah and Nunez to the best of his abilities. Yes, they did score a couple of goals, but I think that he was absolutely imperative in Arsenal winning that game with his defensive security that he brought. So I look forward to Tommy Asu returning. I look forward to him coming back and I think he's an asset to this side. Um Pep Teta says, hello from Oman in the Middle East. I love your show. Thanks, mate. Uh, do you think Rob Holding will be staying with us this season? I hope not. You know, I think that Arsenal needs to move on from Rob Holding personally. And I think he needs to move on for his own career and, and play regularly somewhere else. But, you know, never say never these days. Anyway, uh, we are going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. I really appreciate the time that you give to the channel as always. Thank you to everybody in the chat box and even the haters, of course, always. Much love to you. Hope you're safe and well and enjoying yourselves. Do indeed drop a like, subscribe to the channel if you're new around here and uh, continue to join us across the course of the transfer window at 8am UK time every single morning. Um, it's 
yeah, it's been great. It's been emotional. <laughs> Who knows? A date with Arteta. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, see you soon, guys. Have a fantastic start to your week. And uh, I'll see you later on this evening on the Highbury Squads. Um, but have a fantastic day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mc delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.